You are listening to the Joe Rogan Experience Review Podcast. We find little nuggets, treasures, valuable pieces of gold in the Joe Rogan Experience Podcast and pass them on to you, perhaps expand a little bit. We are not associated with Joe Rogan in any way. Think of us as the talking dead to Joe's walking dead. Enjoy the show. Welcome to the Joe Rogan Universe Podcast. What a bizarre thing we've created. Now with your hosts, Adam Thorne and Garrett Hess. This might either be the worst podcast or the best one of all time. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of the JRE Review. We got some reviewing to do. Uh, joined as always by my buddy Garrett. How are you, what man? What is up, guys? Happy Super Bowl Day. <clears throat> That's right, Super Bowl today. Yes, sir. I'm so dumb. Who's playing in this? Uh, I should know Tampa this. Bay Bucks and Kansas City Chiefs. Crazy. Brady brought them all the way back, dude. It's crazy. I was just talking to somebody about that. Like, just get one. I mean, they got a handful of players, but it's nuts that he just gets on a team and takes them right back to the right <laughs> back to the Super well, Bowl. But it sounds like he's pretty fucking good at football. Yeah, he's he's been, he's been known to do okay. Yeah, right. <laughs> All right, let's open up with uh, 1605, Mark Smith, uh, MMA referee. Um, I really wasn't that aware of him as a ref. I've obviously watched him ref in the UFC before because he talked about fights that I remember watching. And uh, but this guy is seriously badass. So many ways, in so many ways, he's so smart. It's good listening. Super inspiring. I mean, what does he have? Three masters degrees. Three masters. Talk about showing yeah, off. He's, he's and he he didn't talk about it like ego. He's just like, yeah, I didn't have anything else to do during COVID, so I just decided to get another master. So I was like, mm, smart. Ridiculous. Yeah. yeah, he definitely likes qualifications. And I mean, you know, not just his passion for like refing in the UFC. It's like he didn't need to do that at, at all. all. He was already. One of the most decorated pilots in the Air Force. Dude, hearing him talk about that stuff is nuts. Unbelievable. Right. Man, I'd love to fly in a fighter oh jet my God. and feel those g it, it was interesting hearing uh, Rogan make reference to the like triangle in the sky and then seeing those ships they brought up, those like bombers. like That could lead you to believe that might, maybe that's what people have seen in the past, not to like discount the ufo argument but at the same time it probably brought a little bit of light to it for me because you know he always talks about the triangle in the sky kind of thing and mm-hmm. then he saw those yeah oh definitely saw those planes i'm right? sure most of the time when people think they're seeing something it's some of ours something right. else it's, it's easy for your mind just to jump straight there especially if you want to believe and you're like trying to find it yeah, you know for sure what was the other thing? He, was, was, he said he was a this, uh, blue, I can't remember what, the Thunderbird or something like that, but the Blue Angels or something like that. Those guys that do the air right. shows, those, that stuff is friggin' crazy. Yeah, so that's that's like the pinnacle right. of the best um, flyers. And when he said their the wings would be 18 inches apart. That's nuts. That, to me, just blows my mind. Dude, I'm like, what? You don't do that in a... F- 18 inches? You do that in a car, like, very, very few and far between to be in a friggin' plane. Dude, if we had to follow each other in a car Eight. at 18 inches that apart... That would not be an easy task. Even at five miles an hour, I would crash right. into you at some yeah. point. It would not be uh, sustainable, it doesn't seem like. 
I, I almost don't get it because like turbulence, what, how do you say it? Tur- turbulence, it right. turbulence exists and that like jostles you around. Yeah, it just seems like such a bad idea to be that close. Right. He was talking about the physical performance that you need to do in order to be a, a fighter pilot and it made sense. I was like, yeah, you got to. Amount, amount of pressure that's on you up there. I mean, from all facets, just like the actual pressure that's on you and then the other pressure from all the other things as far as like being a pilot and having all these responsibilities. But, geez, what a... You got to have like nerves of steel to be up there. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, it. imagine the kind of confidence yeah. this guy has just period to be able to do that and he's able to take that into all other walks of life you know i mean even talking about refereeing you know the kind of stress and pressure that's on there joe brought up a really interesting thing and it's a good point like nobody's ever has any major complaints about this guy like he doesn't have any calls that are like really messed up and i don't know if you noticed but it really sounded like he was selling himself as a ref on the podcast like he wasn't just talking about what he's good at or like he brought almost everything back to how much effort he puts into um learning the fighters and knowing how they behave and what they're where they're likely to tap a guy or how strong they are at taking damage to know when to end it and it was interesting when he said that he hadn't um refereed a, a title fight yeah yet and I'm like, he's definitely trying to sell himself so he can referee what a title an, What fight. an interesting job, man. It's like kind of thankless. I mean, it is thankless. It's like you're the HR guy of friggin' MMA. But it's just an interesting job because you're always want You want to be the best at it, but you want to be on the sidelines and be least noticed. You know what I mean? Like you want to be the least part of the fight, but at the same time, you want to make the best decisions possible. He's talking about when you, like, let a guy tap, and even when, like, certain people would have, like, a broken hand, and you gotta let him go, because it's just, like, that's just part of their demeanor. They can handle that kind of stuff, and all the facets that we're weighing in as far as age, size, um, like, predictability, and all the things that they've done in the past, and and their strong suits and stuff, to factor all that in is is kind of a tall task. Yeah, I mean, the margin for error seems to be so small. Like, you could have a hundred great refereed fights, but then you screw up one time, and that's what people are going to remember. One fuck up, and even that, everything's going to remember based on that, you know? Well, really, that's why there's so few of these guys at like the highest levels. You know, there's big John McCarthy, who's basically retired, but it it was a legend and around forever, and doing a lot of committee stuff now. It sounds like, you know, training new guys and, and making sure people, uh, like, they, they, there's a very high standard for refereeing. And there's, um, what's his name, Herb yeah. Dean. He's excellent, too, doing similar things. But, I mean, there's just so few. so few of the guys that are really trusted with, you know, the title fights. Right. Because they're such a big deal. Like, you get a ref in that doesn't know what he's doing. Yeah. You know, or it just isn't that. I just had never really thought about how much they need to think oh, about. Um, it seemed like, wow, that's a really difficult right. job. You know, he's like having to work out and like eat right for it. And 
They got whacked. Like they're like athletes themselves. They almost. got whacked a few times by some heavyweights. I can imagine you put yourself in the middle of those. I started to pay attention more to the after listening to his like the few UFC fights I've seen since, or like whatever, like battles. I I'm paying more attention to what the refs doing now. I will say. Right. Yeah. That is interesting when you hear these types of conversations. The stuff you look out for afterwards. Right. You just have like this little bit of knowledge and you're like, yeah. huh, that is Maybe a thing. And then you just start paying attention yeah, to it. You kind of appreciate it more. It adds a new facet to the, the whole game, you know? Right. It's like the end of the fight comes and then you're like, wow, that was a good stoppage. Right, right. Like you really, you're not just thinking about the fighters, but like, oh, everything that went in to them, like calling it just yeah, right. Yeah, speaking of, and... think about how much impact you can have, even on like a future of somebody's life. Like you take two more of those blows when you're already knocked out, like some of those guys do, and that could really fe- affect the longevity and like balance and just quality of life for the rest of your life if you take two of those just pound punches right after you're already knocked out and they don't call the fight. You know yep. what I mean? It's crazy. Yeah, I mean, he. I mean, he speaks to it too. Like Mark would talk about how, like, he has. He seems to have like, uh, uh feels very responsible yeah, has, for yeah. their safety. That's too. the guy you want. Like, that's very important to him. Yeah, that's the guy you want in there for sure. For sure. He's not just thinking about like, oh, his career or how the call went, but like. Ha- keeping them speaking safe, of, keeping them healthy. Speaking of, I just thought of this. That's like the guy you want as a politician, like. That's the guy that I would be like, all right, I can get behind. He seems like a rational thinker and always has people's best interests at, at hand. Maybe I'm giving him a lot of maybe oh, I'm dude. giving him a lot of credit, but now that I'm thinking about it, just his like principles and the way he was interacting and just respectful of everything, that's the guy that you could be like, All right, I can get behind this guy. That's how I felt. Yeah, that's a good point. I'm surprised. I mean, he was gonna be an astronaut right, right. once. Like the dude can do exactly. anything. It seems he sets like the bar high. And for him not to bring up, and 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 he knows President Bush like right. well. Um, for him not to bring up any like aspirations to be a politician, I'm surprised. Yeah, I'm surprised Joe did. Yeah, that I mean that that's and that that was just something I just thought about now. But that that he had all the qualities hmm. you would want, I would think. Yeah, I'd vote for that guy to do just about <laughs> anything. <laughs> right i just was really impressed Absolutely. by his like and he was so good on the podcast yeah. too like professional like spoke well had great yeah. stories described things really well um yeah he's, he's a, a he's a fucking he's a badass good... dude i never thought of referees training martial arts too as well to like get better at refereeing i mean obviously they know that some of the moves and that makes sense but like he goes in specifically to train to know when like a choke's gonna end right. a guy, like that. That's really that's cool because research because well, it's it's kind of like obviously there's training for them out there. They got to know the rules and they've got to know all the a- aspects of like what the referee is supposed to do. But then they are also coming up with their own strategies for like getting better at that job. Right. And there's a lot more to yeah. it. It's like a forever changing thing too. They were even talking about those like leg kicks, how much that's like been influential in the MMA game right now and UFC. Yeah, those calf kicks are so brutal, man. It's hard to come up with answers for those. (laughs) I mean, just chopping someone down. What happened to Connor? Unbelievable. The poor guy. 
Like his leg was just destroyed, and then that was it. Portier just picked him yeah, apart. How long can you withstand just getting whacked in the fucking cow? <laughs> Dude, have you ever been really that, kicked I, I in mean, the leg hard by someone that can kick? I don't kick? think so. Like, I mean, I've been. I, Oh, it's fucking I was brutal. Say, like, I've been kicked by somebody who can't kick. I can't imagine what it's like getting kicked by somebody who can kick. You know what I mean? <sighs> yeah, dude, if if you get in a fight with somebody that is like a proficient kickboxer or taekwondo guy, and I, you know, and then they belt your leg, everything's out the window. Right. Because it's almost like you have to train to be able to take that damage and continue fighting to even know what to do. Because <laughs> everything changes. Right. Like, your leg doesn't work. Your mind starts to panic, oh, a, and then ba- you start hopping around because it fucking sucks. <laughs> your whole base is just like you just knocked one of the pillars out of your base. Yeah, base. I would just lay down on yeah, my back and just like wave them in t- and be like, "Look, we're either gonna start doing some jujitsu now, or the fight right. is done and you win." Because I cannot stand. Take up. your chances on the ground. <laughs> yeah. I do like what they they how they talked about Dana White like really in a lot of ways like saving sports. Yeah, I never thought of it from that and approach. Give him credit. He didn't bat an eye. Yeah, I mean he he powered through and took a lot of criticism right. for Fight Island and you know I mean it's a sport that people look at as like oh it's just a bunch of meatheads anyway and oh he's not following any of the rules and precautions and everyone shut down and he should be too and i'm like fuck well, if you that. think about it he's found a way say, UFC, he's UFC found a way in itself has found a way to break down barriers and find ways to that's their whole mo you know what i mean like find a way around basically at all times so it's kind yeah. of just fitting to the culture and it that's a great i mean I, I thank god think about it like what if he just what if everybody just freaking cowered it was you gotta have some like renegades and outliers that set the bar for everybody else because had he not done that who knows you know what i mean like yeah and he kept all those people employed he didn't say fuck them they're not gonna make any money he goes no i'm keeping my whole team going i'm keeping the fighters going they're gonna make money and the people at home are gonna be entertained not only that we're set up new protocols that work so all the sports can start following it i mean it's a big deal it was a big risk and it was it was a ballsy move i mean it 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 is a ballsy move given the temperature and the culture of what's going on right now but i i went and got my taxes done by this like super marine guy like i never met him before he had all these war medals on his thing and he had like a trump champagne bottle on his whatever either way we didn't really get into politics but he mentioned something about like He's like, oh, I heard the restaurants back opened in Venice, and I was like, yeah. And he's like, he's like, yeah, people should be able to do what they want to do. And I was like, I know Joe's been saying it, and I know it's been the sentiment with you and I, and we've kind of been on that line. And I think people are starting to adapt that thought process. But like, it's so simple. But it's like, yeah, you should just let people make their own decisions and kind of go from there. That's kind of how it should have been from the jump. You know what I mean? From all this. They're they're not allowed. By the way, side note: they're not allowed. This is how silly it gets: is that they're not allowing TVs to be watched in the bar because of the Super Bowl today. They're not allowed TVs. You can go out to oh. eat, but you can't watch TV. Oh my! Like God. who in the fuck are you? T- uh, like, but I just got my. I, so everyone's just watching on their exactly. phones. It's not going to change. <laughs> how stupid are they? <laughs> What do they think this is? Nineteen eighty. Exactly what are? That's, like they're just gonna put it on their phone. They're gonna take a fucking iPad exactly what, and put it on the table and just sit there exactly drinking. Exactly what my buddy that's said. So my room or my bartender's like, I'm bringing an iPad and I'm putting it back behind the bar and I'm 
everybody else is like, yeah, we're going to tell them that it's on their phone. It's like, what are you doing? Who are you? Like, the chaperone of the friggin' summer vacation? Like, what the fuck? Who do you think you are? Like, it's just out of control. Anyway, sorry about that, but... <laughs> you get so I mean, worked no, up about I, that I, shit. And, and, you and, fucking well, hate truth this be to- Truth be told, like, I'm happy to be back at work, and I'm happy to see people out. Like, it just takes a sunny... Like I've said, it just takes a sunny day here in California to be like, oh, yeah... There is life here, and it's not like these walking zombies like they're trying to paint us. That being that being yeah. said, there are still these dumb ass things that are like, how are we still doing this? Like, how is this still a thing? Who 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 is? I, yeah. Anyway, but yeah, it, everywhere else is just that's we're all in the same United States, but in different states. Like these little borders decide that. No, you can. You're good here. I just watched my buddy's like Instagram story. He's in Florida, at, like a fifty cent like, like get together concert, and it's like literally not one mask, not anything. Like you wouldn't. It's just a different place, so it's like different deal. It's like how is that even? Yeah, they they don't give a fuck. Not out at all. They're, they're like, getting on it. They're back to normal. And I don't really. Th- one more thing I wanted to uh, point out from the pod, and uh, like just finishing up, is like uh, how he kind of got his position. Right like as a ref was through Dana White and this comes back to living in Santa Monica anyway so so I wasn't completely segueing right. but you know Dana helped him out and was like hey you should talk to this guy and then he went from like amateur yeah. refing to like really you know legit sure. ref and it hit home to me because I don't know if I ever told you this story but the reason I could live there because when I moved out to Santa Monica I had nothing no right. money at all right. none I was like staying with a friend and then I managed to get uh my other apartment set up which you know how lucky i was getting that thing and uh how it went down is i went to the king's head pub in santa monica i had my laptop and i went to get a beer and just start looking for jobs and i walk in and i bump into someone at the door who was like quite a lot shorter than me and i turn around and it was fucking dana white (laughs) no yeah, and he starts talking to me, and I'm like, yeah, I'm from England. I'm just looking for work. And he's like, oh, I got my English buddy here. He was really cool. And in fact, when we got up to the bar, because I was a lot taller than him, I got served first, even though he was already there. So he like gave me a look like, oh, come on, man. I was here. But it was right. funny. So then I start I start chatting with him, and uh, and and I was being a bit of a dork, and I, I asked for a picture. But like, he's a fucking right. legend. And I was like, fuck it. I want a picture with Dana. And he didn't mind. He was so cool. He was like, yeah, yeah, come over here. There'll be better light. And so I have that picture. But then he spoke to the manager there and was like, hey, this guy's looking for work. And that's how I got the job as security at uh, the King's Head. Afterwards, he spoke to me. And see, I was going in to maybe get a bartending job. But because the manager... Uh, spoke to Dana I guess he just assumed that I was like either a fighter or something because he immediately suggested security work which I'd done already anyway and then so that was like it then I had money and I could stay there so it's like it fucking means a lot to me like that dude is a bad fucking guy he's he's a badass he takes a lot of criticism from a lot of folks but he's a dude he was so nice outlier for sure like really legit like he wasn't annoyed that i was like like he was holding the conversation like he didn't need to fucking tons of people there wanted to talk to him and he's just chatting away super cool awesome guy anyway this podcast is sponsored by better help and the joe rogan experience review listeners get 10 percent off their first month at BetterHelp, 
dot com slash review. In 2021, mental health is finally a thing. So many people are struggling right now and aren't feeling like their normal selves. Therapy helps. And it doesn't have to be sitting around just talking about your feelings. So what is therapy exactly? It's whatever you want it to be. You can privately talk to someone if you feel like you're not dealing well with your stress or you're having relationship issues. Whatever you need. Don't be ashamed of normal human struggles and start feeling better because you deserve to be happy. And now you don't have to worry about finding an in-person therapist near you. BetterHelp is customized online therapy that offers video, phone, and even live chat sessions with your therapist. So you don't have to see anyone on camera if you don't want to. You can keep it private that way. It's much more affordable than in-person therapy, and you can start communicating with your therapist in under 48 hours. Join the millions of people who are seeing what therapy is all about. See if it's for you, because you are your greatest asset. Again, that's betterhelp.com slash review. Let's move on to the, uh, how do you say his name? Alice Ali Sadiq, Adik. I believe. Yeah, was a trip. He's a he definitely was for sure. <laughs> Have you funny, yeah, he's, hilarious dude? Say, he's super funny. Um, I don't think I've ever seen his stand up, but he seemed to know everybody right. like in the stand up world. So I must have watched. Him, I googled him. I googled uh, him at some he's been time. In the game for like twenty. He's years. definitely getting fired from that radio job. <laughs> That's funny. I thought I thought that was interesting listening to him say that too. I don't. I I doubt it. Who knows? Maybe he's putting him on the map for dude. Any publicity is good publicity. People are probably googling that radio station wanting to listen to him more now. That's I mean, yeah. That's truth probably be told, true. But it, it did sound like he was getting himself in some yeah. trouble. Because he was like, I hate that job. I hate doing it. I Dude, so you dumb. think about... I was like, oh, shit. Millions of people are going to listen to this, bro. Well, maybe he'll make the best of it. I liked his little his little schemes that he was saying. Like, I can't remember exactly what his his two little show ideas were. But, oh, I can't... You can't believe I was... I, I can't remember what the... I'll chop it up. But it, it sounded like a couple of good premises. He He seemed like pretty improvisational guy he was he had some good comedy i know he's been in the game for like 20 years i've i was googling him and looking him up now that i mean think about it you probably would think that he would get in trouble but in all honesty like people are probably that, that's what i that's my go-to like oh i wonder what he's on you know what i mean that's probably what stems people to think of that even whether you say good or bad or otherwise that's a good you, point yeah people will definitely tune into that on the station show now. and they're gonna google it and then they're gonna be like mm, that's interesting and then it only takes it's crazy the flood and the crowd and the audience that can influence things you know yeah it was interesting listening about his life too like it's definitely a comedian's right. life in a lot of ways like difficult growing up and not a ton of love from parents that yeah. were working a ton and you know, and then he did a bit of time in jail. You can obviously right. tell that he's like talked a lot about boxing. Like he he knows yeah, how to he's fight. Been the block. And he he's got a he's got a temper. That story where he was like opening up or working with Paul mm-hmm. Mooney, and Paul Mooney is a right. legend. Like, but when Mooney was like, "Hey, go count the crowd," and he was like, "Fuck right. you," and then they had a beef for like three days. I can see that though. Certain people. I mean, the ego will fuck with you, but at the same time, yeah, I yeah, that's. That's 
Who knows? I guess whenever you're a young guy, too, you don't want to be told what to do by some old guy, even though Mooney's, like, so respected and known in the game, but. Yeah, I guess it's just, like, a respect <laughs> thing. I mean, it's annoying. You're, like, you're not there to, you're there to do right. comedy. Like, you're not there to, I, I don't know, it's a bit it's of a tough like one. Pain. I guess counting it. It's probably just the way he said it. Right. I bet that was really what the issue was. Not that he had For to sure. do it, but how he was told to right. do it. It's funny when whenever it's he like, told the story about how he knew he was on Mooney's good side, he's like, "You did everything right except one thing. I did all that shit thirty years ago. Yeah. <laughs> I did. I did your entire act <laughs> yeah, right. ages ago. That's a that's a hilarious right. line. Uh, yeah, that's pretty funny. Uh, when he was talking about when he was younger during what was it the Rodney King right. riots how him and his father, <laughs> buddy like made the Molotov cocktails <laughs> like, and they were ready like, to this is stupid, throw them man. and <laughs> yeah let's right. go home this is I... dumb man they would have gone to imagine how long you go to jail for for fucking making actual bombs, bombs like that dude they were talking about not to segue to that Capitol Hill situation but it's interesting that that thing happened and it seemed like, oh, well, that just happened and nothing's going to happen. Joe was like, no, those guys are going to go to jail for a long time. It's like you think about the repercussions. Like when it happened, it was just like, oh, this is happening. This is crazy. This is happening. They're going to slap their hands and walk away. I don't I haven't done the research to know what kind of sentences and what's going to happen. But I would hope there would be some incredibly stringent scenario that puts those people away for a long time that lets people know that they're, they're definitely going to make an yeah, example of shit. those people <laughs> like for sure one, and maybe i just had this fantasy world that that's like our one sanctuary that that shit just doesn't go down but that's how i like to keep it for some reason i don't know well if you think about it if they let those people get away with it people will do right, that shit again right, exactly and i mean p- people died yeah. like it was fucking serious some lady got shot and like a cop got Beaten right. to death, I think. Don't no, quote I, me on yeah, that. I heard I mean, but I, I'm pretty sure it was. Right. Yeah, it was serious. It wasn't like they just went in, walked around, right. picked some stuff Taking up, and selfies, left. Selfies like in Nancy like, Pelosi's office. Like, what are we doing? Like, this is. Yeah, that guy's right. getting ruined for sure. <laughs> as 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 he, as he should, man. Yeah. To be honest, like, what are you guys thinking? It's like you got caught. It's like you got yeah, caught up in watching gone. like a movie or something, and you're like, "Ooh, I'm gonna go be part of this movie." That's that's what it. Well, like Joe even said, like when they've looked at some of these people, they're all, you know, QAnon guys, extreme fringe kind of conspiracies. And who knows what kind of mental illnesses come with that type of thinking, Uh, you know, and then they're unemployed and disenfranchised and just making bad decisions, bro. Really bad, and they all get together. <laughs> so a bunch of bad decision makers just got together. It's, that's going to get worse real fast. <laughs> just being led by idiots. Ugh. Not smart. Not, not, not the slightest. Yeah, not a good idea at all. The The stuff about Columbus was crazy. Like, get, you know, I heard that he, like, did awful shit, but I didn't actually know uh, it was that bad. Oh, yeah. I mean, I was, you know, we definitely should get rid of that day. Yeah, you know what I mean? Like, I mean, you know, it's not one of those things like a cancel culture thing, because a lot of that's annoying. Right. Like, what are we going to do? Go back and blame everyone for right. everything. But he didn't even come to I guess I shouldn't even say this because I'm English. And but I am a citizen right. of America, so, you know, but what is my opinion on this anyway? But just the fact that he was so brutal 
awful, awful. person and didn't even come here anyway. Exactly. It just doesn't even make sense. It's like he didn't come to America. Yeah, these, he didn't find these, anything. Like, narratives get written that are just completely fucking not true, you know? Well, they made a hero out of a person of a that yeah. doesn't deserve any of those qualities. How... I'm like, let's just make heroes out of the actual heroes. That'd right. be good. I wonder how that unfolds in that way, you know? Like, I wonder how... I wonder what, like how... It's like a, a bad game of telephone. One story gets passed down. Somehow there's this narrative. Or they just, that's what they wanted it to be, so that's what it's going to be. I don't know. I don't know how the disconnect comes that hardcore, you know? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I guess it's just like everyone wants a history, right. and then you kind of glorify maybe that parts of your history are you like a, just are you to, attached to that stuff like i think about that whenever it's like people are like oh, i guess you could this is a good perspective from an english guy but you probably have this like people are like i'm american and it's like are you though like you're literally i mean yes i guess but your parents have so much different heritage and there's so many things that went into you to like qualify yourself as one way or another i don't think that you're not like i don't know if you're proud to be english i don't, I don't know that i'm like I'm not one way or the other about it, but it's not like I. It's well, I'm not. Uh, yeah, I'm not. Un, not right, proud not, of it. I mean, but what is there to be proud of? You're just that's born what there. <laughs> like I like the country. I like the country. I like America a no, bit more. That's why I live right. here. But a lot of that's logistics, right. in the sense of like the weather's a bit okay. better. Okay. You know, it's like uh, stuff's cheaper okay. here. I'm so used to okay. it. Like I just like. American culture. I guess culture, I don't have a ton of perspective you know? to compare it to being over there. So it's like, but it's not. But I think I think national pride stuff is. Cool yeah, I'm too. not against it. Like I like I like seeing the flag flying, and you know I've always liked yeah. that shit. To be honest, and I, and I love being. You know, when you watch the Olympics and everything, like I get to kind of um, cheer for two yeah. countries. And I get pretty pumped about that. I mean, those things are cool. It's just when people take it so far, like, oh, you're not my country, so fuck you. Right. That's just a bit feels much. Like an, it's like, chill it out, bro. It seems like we're always trying to, like, this is going to be hippie for you, but it's like we're always trying to separate each other in different ways. You know what I mean? Whether it's down to, I mean, and not to say gender, that one makes sense, but race, religion, like heritage pride. yeah we like teams yeah, like, we like, like teams to, and we like to look at the yeah. other team and be like we you're like not us so fuck you. it's like where we why are we keep feeding in we're so enlightened people and we still need to be so divided i don't understand like the, i don't know i think it's i think it's subconscious i don't necessarily know that it's a conscious decision because it's been like that forever but it's like we're so far ahead in so many ways yeah we're so like neanderthal <laughs> in so many ways too you know yeah, well, we're supposed to be. Right. We're still humans, yeah. you know? We're still animals, just smart yeah. ones. So we're going to have our instincts, you know? We get stressed and worked up, and we pick groups for True. support. And by doing that, you make another group that's not you. And You're not like us. So. Sometimes you focus on them being like, that's right. the enemy. You just got to be careful with it. Like, it's all right with sports, right. you know? You get together. It's just like when it gets too yeah. much. And people are like seriously out to fucking get yeah. each other. I mean, you, you take sports as an example. In England, in the 80s, they used to be like all the soccer hooliganism. Right. And it was real. They called them firms, <laughs> I think. And they would just meet up and it would be like the Chelsea firm versus 
Arsenal, and they beat the shit out of each other <laughs> in some undisclosed location, like under a bridge near the That's stadium. Of course, shit. They should do a documentary about that. I like that. Oh, do oh, they have? Know. And what they, yeah, and they like when they looked into this, they found out that it was also just like normal. Like it wasn't just like rough, violent. Pe- I guess they were all violent, but it, some people were like lawyers, doctors, they bankers. It just like had this energy that they had right. to get out, and it's like, oh yeah, we're animals. I forgot about that. I don't like that. <laughs> Sounds, it's a bit it, much. It was a bit, a bit much. much. I'm glad that they put a right. stop to it because that shit's crazy. Just breaking chairs over people's backs because you like a different soccer team. Oh, dude, I kn- heard growing up that my you know, my friends' dads would, like, get, put all the gear on, you know, all the, the like, my one friend is big Chelsea fan, so he'd put all his Chelsea shirt on, and then they'd go watch the game, and they'd wander in the wrong pub, and it would be the other team's pub. Nice. And, and like, the tension in there. Like, you're just wearing a shirt. Like, you're just right. a person wearing a shirt, and they're like, you're the enemy, and they're just staring at him like they're going to beat the piss out of him. I'm like, guys, I think we're taking this a little too seriously. I don't think so, either. I, I don't know. Just, I, I you know just, you're all about it. the amount of seriousness I need for some sporting events. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they just that's an extreme example, but they want right. to belong. You know, they were like, this is my, this is my yeah. team. And fuck I mean, you. I can tell you, it's like, I can whoa, tell you, tell you going to college too. That's how it is in college. You got so much testosterone and like just hopped up on <laughs> bush lights at football games. Oh boy, you want, you want to see the Sun Devils win, boy. Dude, when I worked f- uh, at f- security for um, a nightclub in Swindon Town, which is a huge town, it's like the size. It's definitely a city. It's huge, but um, it but it's technically still a town because they don't have a cathedral. You have to have a th- cathedral in your town in England for it to become a city. It doesn't matter what the population is. So it's like this weird rule. Anyway. The worst days to work were bank holiday Mondays because everyone's had the whole weekend off. So they were drinking the whole weekend and they have Monday off. And so on a bank holiday Monday when Swindon were playing the soccer, if they lost. So if they lost and it was that long, everyone's drunk and they're pissed off. Dude, there was fights 100% of the time when that <laughs> happened. We'd all be going to work like, wait, did Swindon win or did they lose? And we we're all like security guys just getting nervous. <laughs> so we're like, oh, shit, it's going to take off. prepared today, boy. Yeah, wild, <laughs> wild, man. <clears throat> they talked a lot about having kids as well and like the, the change yeah. that that makes. You know, like Dave Chappelle said that thing. He's like, not only do I like love them more than anything but it's like increased my capacity for love yeah, that means. and and that's so profound and beautiful and it's cool that it came from dave because he's such a yeah. thinker and such like an interesting guy and a right. legend but it's like wow and i you know like we're both yeah, how old are you now 30, 37 38. 38 yeah i'm 39 right. so it's like we don't have right. kids and it's like do you ever want to have kids like think about being a dad <sighs> I guess we have to grow up a bit more I mean, first, but maybe to that's... To be honest with you, this I, I enjoy being selfish with my time. I love kids. Like, with all, I, I love them. Like, I love my friends' kids. I want. I would love my brother to have, like, some kids. I'd love to be a great uncle. But, 
I don't know, man. I'd love to have five dogs. Be honest with you, I love my dog. <laughs> I love my dog so much. That's that's as far as it I goes with you. Man, you I like think dogs. it's one of those things. Like if you had one, then you'd probably have the same sentiment that they have. You could probably love nothing more than because I know how much I love my dog. I can't imagine how much I'd love I'd, something I made personally. But yeah, maybe that maybe that's how it happens yeah. for us. Just accident. Well, like oh, whoops! Wood, I don't want to. I don't want that. That's for sure. So let's let's not be willing that upon ourselves here anytime soon. But I get I, it. Uh, I get it. Yeah, I'm with you. I th- I think it's one of those things you can only know until it, it actually happens. But I can see where it could come from. And I, it sounds important, like an important part right. of the journey. You know, you obviously learn so much about yourself, and then maybe being in that mode, like you and I do, live kind of selfishly, like just for yeah. us. Well, we get and maybe it's an important part of. You know, mixing yeah, it up. I mean, we have time for other people, though, in a lot of realms, too. Like, we have an opportunity to have an open ear and have those time. I mean, I don't know. Yes, we are selfish. I'll, I'll give you that. But we'll <laughs> yeah, I love how you were justifying our selfishness. <laughs> no, we're, we're, we're nice we, to people. We, we help up, people out. Pick, I get it. I get trash, it. So, I mean, like, <laughs> <laughs> we, we recycle. <laughs> yeah, I mean. All right, let's let's. Jump on over to uh, the Freem Anwar and uh, just take another quick break. This podcast is also brought to you by TurboDebt. Now, I've talked a lot about how in debt I got because of COVID and having to move. And TurboDebt have been a great help. And that's why, honestly, I'm, I'm proud to have them as a sponsor. And I want to pass this information on to you. Do you ever feel like no matter how hard you work, you just can't seem to get ahead? If you look back in the past few years, have you ever had some money in your account, but only enough just to pay your bills? That's not really the American dream that we all hope for, right guys? We know times are tough right now, and a lot of people have racked up all sorts of debt, whether it's credit cards, consolidation loans, store cards, even those payday loans that have freaking interest rates over 100%. We know life's been tough, but the good news is Turbo Debt really is here to help. Think about how much you pay each month to credit cards versus going into your savings account. If you're paying 500 a month or what is that, like 6000 a year, in just five years, you would have thirty grand in cash in your bank if you didn't have to make these high interest rates. Well, if you owe over ten grand in credit card debts or personal loans, medical or payday loans, they can help. Go to www.turbodebt.com slash Rogan. And Rogan is all caps. All right. Fahim. Now, he's a comedian I've seen a bunch of times in uh, the comedy store. I've seen him live. Uh, I don't think I ever talked to him personally that I can remember, but he's really a nice guy. Um, you know, like he'd always be around the bar, like chatting with people and he's very friendly and, uh, super smart too. Like I remember when he was on last time talking about being an engineer, working for Boeing. And then I just love that passion where he changed direction. Like he felt it and to go from a career to that is, you know, real career that your parents are proud of into one that they hate and is incredibly difficult. It really speaks to the character of the I was person. Say, man, you got and and that came across. There's something so profound about following something that makes you feel fulfilled rather than something that you're supposed to do. You know, like if you if if 
When yeah, you, when, that's. I mean, that's kind of a consistent mantra that I keep in the back of my head is like, just allow me to feel fulfilled and allow me to feel aligned with what I'm supposed to be doing. So it's like if so it's that thing about insanity, right? It's like you keep on doing the same thing, knowing that you're doing it and you're not supposed to be doing it. I'm, I just butchered that, but like you got <laughs> you got to follow your dreams, right? And I think that there's so much to be said for people that stick their neck out. Just to go back to that guy Mark, it's like that guy could do anything he wants and you see how successful this other this comedian Fahim is. It's like there's a certain threshold that people set and they're just like I'm just going to do that and I'm just going to do that whatever it takes kind of thought process. There's no like no, there's no if I can, it's just like that's what I'm doing. There's the yeah, and the and the things that I always look for, and again, why we do this podcast, or at least why I do, is because I want to look for those Absolutely. things. Like, all right, they did this. What do they all have in right. common? Like, hard work is Absolutely. number one. Like, just period. Like, there's no yeah. easy way. And you got to take yeah. some risks. You know, you got to put yourself out there, and you'll fail a yeah. shit ton of times. I mean, comedy is like nothing right. but failing for stand-up. For sure. And... And you just focus on the work. You just keep putting it in and try and survive and believe in yourself. And then blah, blah, blah. Hopefully it works out. I mean, but, you know, also we only hear the stories from the success, like the people that have made it in this sense. I think there's lessons to be learned and and failure too. You know what I mean? As long as you're learning from everything, that's the most important thing. Don't. Well, there's probably more lessons than failing. You know, if you're just, if you're just knocking it out of the park every time, you're kind of building a house of cards because as soon as you get hit you're just going to think it's the end of the world true story you gotta be so you gotta yeah you gotta have it it just feels shit every time you're like god damn it why again this (laughs) fuck i think joe's made (laughs) reference to it too he's like you don't always have to fail yourself he's like learn from other people's mistakes i've tried to i've tried to incorporate that too like that's so much harder. It is to do. harder to do, but if you t- if we could just do that, it would be. But sometimes you just <laughs> you, you know for yourself. It's just like when my mom used to be like, "Don't touch that plate; right. it's hot," and I immediately touch yeah. it. I'm like, "Yeah, let's how see, hot? Let's oh, see shit. how hot it is." Yeah, I it it, it, yeah, it, it, it was I too think hot. That that's part of getting older, though, because I think that I'm trying to be more more conscious of that. Like, how did they do it before I do it? Kind of thought process. At least, at least I'm trying to do that. Take an extra second to be like. I mean, there's got to be a better way. Just be, a lot of yeah. the time, not to use a metaphor, but it's like I'm trying to pull the fucking drawer out, and there's like a fork stuck in the drawer, and I'm like, I'm so strong, I'll pull the drawer out, bend the fork. It's like all I had to do was push the drawer in and push the fork down a little bit, and the drawer came out. <laughs> That's a great example because everyone <laughs> just yanks. I mean? Oh, it doesn't <laughs> open. I'll pull it open four times harder. I'll this motherfucking handle. Off the drawer. Yeah, how weird. I smashed everything in there. When in, That's when in reality, all you had to do was push the drawer in and then like push the fork down just a little nidge and then it'll open. Dude, we don't have time for that. We're hungry. <laughs> I mean, think about how much that could be incorporated in life so much. It's like if you just took that one extra second, you could probably save yourself a shit ton of drama. Right. It would, but it's so difficult to be mindful right. of that all the time sure. too. You're just like, ah. yeah. I mean, if it, it and along that thought too, it's like during those moments of failure when something hits you hard and you like, you know, it sucks. It's almost impossible to sit there in that moment and be like, "This is right. good for me. This is better. I'm happy it happened." 
Like, like Joe talks about that time he followed uh, Jim Brewer, right. I think it was. And, you know, he was headlining because... And Joe's talked about, like, headlining early on in his career when he yeah. probably shouldn't have been, but he just had a big enough name and he's brave and right. he just did it. But then he... Jim kills. He goes out there in his head sure. and he's just bombing. And, dude, I've yeah. been there. Like, I've bombed like that to where you know you're going to before you go up. Dude, it makes... If it's not hard enough <laughs> to get up on stage, it is so much worse. And you're in the middle of it and everything you say is clunky and people are just staring at you. <laughs> and they couldn't look more relaxed and more annoyed. And you're just like, and then, anyway, they went over. Oh, and you're just like, please, God, kill me. Take me off the there's stage. There's something to be said to be watching people bomb, though. Like, I, I there is truly like a self-reflective moment i'm sure being up there bombing i mean i've been embarrassed on stage before never from comedy as of yet but man that's uh, witnessing people bomb i've I've seen it happen it's pretty entertaining in its own right oh it's giving me anxiety <laughs> now just telling that story i remember one time i went over to the west side comedy store and it's not the comedy store but it's called west side comedy it's the comedy club in santa monica and it's a dope place they got great venues but they had this really good open mic uh i think on tuesday was it tuesday or wednesday and i go there and i'm talking to one of my comedy buddies outside and a great little community over there and uh he goes up on stage and he starts trying to do this accent because he's from like iraq (laughs) or something but he doesn't have a strong accent and he starts pretending to talk like his dad (laughs) But nothing he was saying was making any sense. And the accent was so strong, you couldn't even understand him. And then it just spiraled down. And it was really like, this guy's right. funny. He's was always funny and relaxed up there and just silly. And I always admired like how silly and relaxed right. he was. And he always had this energy about comedy too. Like he was always down. I'd be like, you want to go tonight? He's like, fuck right. yeah. I don't have shit, but I'll That's try. Great. And he, he just... Yeah, he was a confident, like he believed Enough in his of ability. Those times, but yeah. then watching all of that just drain out of his <laughs> system, and he walked up to me afterwards, and I didn't say anything because I didn't know what to say to him. And he goes, "Holy shit, dude, that was awful!" <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I remember. I remember. He's like, "I need a drink." <laughs> it's like two shots of whiskey. Now, I saw this. Uh, I saw yeah. this girl one time at the belly room, and she. she she, I can't remember if it was open mic or not, but she was like, so I moved to L.A. to be a model. And she like, that was her start out. And then it was like all downhill from there. She was like trying to be self-deprecating, but it was like. Un- uh, <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty. Yeah, that's not a good way <laughs> to go. It was like so brutal. And everybody in the crowd was just silent. I mean, it was pretty entertaining just because it was like, wow, is this really happening? Like. Was like watching a live. The feelings, the feeling is right. is the worst. There's nothing <laughs> worse. I would take physical violence <laughs> onto my own person right. before. Like I've never had a day at jujitsu that was as bad as even the most s- s- like average bombing bomb, right. session I've had. Even even if it's like just like a set that was like fifty percent right. okay. You just cannot kick it. I mean, you could just stare at the wall for an hour just going, I am an idiot. And it's like every all the voices oh, from God. your childhood, all the people that said you're you were a loser a come right back. You're like, I saw. Like, they were right. I am an idiot. <laughs> I, I, they talk about the show Stand Up on the right. Spot, 
which is Jeremiah Watkins show that they used to do, I think every other Tuesday at the comedy yeah. store. Brilliant yeah. show. I went to it as much as I could. I, it's absolutely one I of my favorites. Joe would do it all the time. We've talked about it a bunch. And uh, it really is so inspiring because you know how hard stand-up is, period, with the material you have. To go up and just make it out of nothing is just yeah, is <laughs> impossible as 90%. it sounds. And it, and I always said to myself, like, that is the type of show that I want to be brave enough to do. And I was chicken shit for six months or a year of watching Stand Up on the Spot. And then I found out about this show in Koreatown called The Challenge Mike that they do on Wednesdays, and they still do it. So you should, guys should go check it out if you're anywhere near Challenge Koreatown. Because it's free. I'm pretty sure it's freak challenge okay. mike yeah and they they pick from a bucket right right so you just go up and you pick from a bucket and biff our friend came and did that with me one time and um it's just like talk about challenging and you see everyone's drinking mm-hmm. a lot before they do that one and people usually don't drink a ton before they go do their set because that can fuck right. you up but but there's like another level of forced relaxation that I you bet. need otherwise it's just brutal and the, the only people in the audience are other comedians waiting to go up so they're kind of critical right. anyway like it takes a little bit more to get them right. laughing um and and basically it's just a night of watching people bomb right it's like a, an accepted bombing like you know you will well, that's just like, and everyone like in their will class. and then you watch yeah. like four in a row bombing Mm-hmm. And you just, oh, dude, so many brutal days doing that. But what's beautiful about it is exactly, that's what I was going to say. Like, of all the times I went up, I would say easily 95% of the time I would just bomb. Right. It would just be talking for three minutes until you feel awful and you'd leave. <laughs> and sometimes even comedians in the audience would, like, say stuff to you to try and help you along with right. the bit. But but sometimes it was worse. They just heckle you, right. and then you're just like, "Well, that didn't help. Thanks a lot." <laughs> but the, on the time when you go up and you pick something and it's a story that you've got right. and it's good and people are laughing, That's man, good. you can't put a price on how fucking yeah, dope that is. Yeah, embrace that moment, right? See how many. It's right. nice. It's like the energy you need. You need yeah. those wins because otherwise, you never get through the bombing. For sure. <clears throat> And I mean, this was a lot of what they said, like how they got to doing that. You know, obviously it was a very comedy heavy podcast, but they... Go ahead. I was going to say, it's got to be... Well, they just talked about... Don't do it again. I'll talk. (laughs) (laughs) You're fucking this up, bro. We're bombing. We're bombing bombing on the podcast. (laughs) But yeah, and then like even throughout like that he loves dancing. And then he would dance, like, when he did that character. What was that character's name? Was it, like, Stan uh, or something? That, Lance. Yeah, yeah. Lance, I think. Yeah, and he would dance before, and then he realized, holy shit, this kind of yeah. loosens me up. Like, this gets me going. And then Joe talked about how the Muay Thai fighters would dance before Loose to get rid up. of their right. anxiety for, 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 for sure. that. And there's, you know, that's, like, an co- interesting Smart. process. It's like, huh, I wonder if you can, you know, anytime... It'd be weird if any time you were tense, you just started dancing. You're like, what's going on? You're like having a fight with your girlfriend and you're just like, I need to do some 
improvise dance right now. Some shit down. I was gonna say, I bet you that's got to be one of the best practices, though. That stand up at the spot or that challenge, Mike. That like, as far as like getting your brain accustomed to like finding the humor in certain things. Like, I bet watching other people do it, you're like, ooh, I got a funny story, or ooh, I got a tidbit about that. Because it's always easier being an onlooker, so you could like. I think you would probably be gain a lot of knowledge and a lot of ta- like a lot of skills from wit- even witnessing something like that, you know. Oh, for sure, for sure. The, I I really enjoy the the like kind of talk of the comedy store and like how you know for a long time in like they call it like the right. dark times, which is before Joe came back. Like there was no real security and like how the comedians would like work their way up was to get. Uh, oftentimes security right. jobs there. And uh, I once, uh, f- through a friend of mine, knew a manager up there, and uh, they were going to hire me as one of the security right. guys. And it was, it, I was so pumped. Like, I had to go get my guard card, which is like a certificate for uh, security in, in, California, in LA, right. I think. So I went and did that. I got the guard card right away, got all the shit filled out. And then I was like in contact with the manager. And then the weekend that I was supposed to meet with her to like get the job. Cause they were like, yeah, you can have the job here. You just got to get this card and come back up. So I did it right away. I was so pumped. I was like, wow, this is my end. I get up and, and like three days before she got Jeez. fired. I was like, damn it. It's funny how shit works out. Like how different it could have been if I got a spot. Cause they give you, they give you time right. on stage. If if you're an employee there, that's why most of the employees right. work there is, is to to get that. But you know, I, again, I'd heard it from Rogan's podcast talking about Ari, right. Shafia, and like how he was a doorman. I was like, okay, so that's kind of yep. the path, you know, to kind of get in there, and you know, useful sure. information. Like it's hard enough if you want to be a, he a comedian. Talks about there's not right, uh, there's really, no like book on how to do this stuff. Not really. No, it's just fucking trial and error. Loads right. of failing. Joe kind of ended up the podcast talking about his responsibility for mm-hmm. comedy, what he feels like with making this new club in Austin that he wants to open up and getting these guys out here and then turning back around and helping comedians because COVID has created such a hit for yeah. comedy. Like it just stopped it in right. its tracks and it's going to take time to build mm-hmm. back up. And it it was like, it was fucking really cool to hear it. Like, you know, he's got all his money. He could just go on the road and do, you know, do his show. But he like really loves the art form. He loves making these other comedians. Like think how many comedians that you've heard of just because Rogan talks about him or has him on the show. I mean, he's made a lot of comedians very famous. Absolutely. As he's inspired so many like aspiring comedians to pursue their dreams too. Like you can tell he's like. He's the epitome of what you would want, again, from somebody in that field to look up to, for sure. Just as Yeah, I mean, of course, that's why so many people have followed right. him out there. Because they know, like, hey, he says he's going to do something. I believe right. it. Let's go. Like, people are up uh, lifting their lives, like, right. upheaval, straight a, from L.A. Like, lot. goodbye. We right. believe you. We're going. Yeah. And that's... It's right. nuts to see. I can't wait for that club to open and to go check it out. I think it's going to be fucking That'll be a trip you and I plan out there for sure. Let's do that. Oh, hell yeah. For Let's sure. do it. Well, that's about the wrap-up for this week's pods. I guess there were only three. 
Uh, three's yeah. kind of manageable. He gets a bit greedy when he does five. I'm I like, agree. ah. It's a lot of time. But it's, yeah, it's probably best we just stick right. to three and kind of break it up that way. But anyway, thanks, guys, for listening, as always. And, uh, you know, review us. Try and say nice things. Uh, I'm not reading the comments anyway, so but Garrett might if he wants to depress himself. Uh, thank you as always for listening. Contact us at Joe Rogan Experience Review at Gmail and find us on the on the Instagram. I think it's the same type of handle without the Gmail. And uh, that's it. Speak Appreciate to you guys next you guys. week. Peace. Later.